So, NASCAR driver turned broadcasting star turned dirt track racer, Kenny Wallace. I know you uh, had to run off as soon as our lunch was over, so we didn't get one word out of you. But uh, thanks for flying all the way back here to Pasadena to uh, to just say something random for us. I, I, I love my wife. I like her. Yep, that'll do. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley, alongside my friend Sean Heckman. Friend. And this is season two. Woo! So we are about one mile out, which in Los Angeles terms means about uh, two and a half more hours to go, uh, from getting Ryan out of California and back home to Atlanta because we are wrapping up a 40-day adventure that took us across 29 states, over 12,000 miles, in our Honda Odyssey with uh, Ryan. What kind of tires? Got nettle tired. Cross contact LX20s. And about midway through our trip, after going as far east as Ohio and then circling back northwest and going through Michigan, we then headed south to the beautiful city of Arnold, Missouri to meet up with Kenny Wallace. Now, most motorsports fans are probably already familiar with Kenny and, of course, the Wallace family. But just to sort of do a brief career history, Kenny Wallace is a longtime NASCAR driver drove for uh, several decades in both NASCAR's top-tier cup category as well as what would now be the Xfinity Series. Actually, currently the record holder for most number of Xfinity starts. Um, and then, of course, parlayed that into a, a career on television and is now doing, just for fun, a lot of late model racing. Um, just a true lover of racing and a true bigger-than-life personality. Kenny's a great friend of mine. I got to wait, race with him a couple years ago at the Daytona 24-hour, and he's one of those dudes that always, like, looks out for you. He's always checking in on you. He's not one of the people that pretends to be your friend and then doesn't really matter. I think if you listen to this episode, you're going to laugh more than you're going to cry, that's for sure, because he just couldn't stop saying inappropriate things, which is why he and I get along great. So We learn about Rusty. We learn about, uh, what about his wife? We learn about his wife and what Kenny likes about her, as well as uh, his brother Rusty and uh, growing up Missouri frugal, as he calls it. Kind of neat to hear his perspective on that as well as him telling tales about racing the Daytona 24 hour and just what it's like to be a NASCAR driver in modern era versus the uh, the before time. So um, good dude all around. So we ate at the Arnold house. I had a buffalo chicken wrap and I think it was the best one I had all season. It was just super good. And uh, I think that's what Kenny had too. So I knew I was in the right in the right place. And somewhat similar, I had their chicken sandwich. Oddly enough. And it was excellent. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to Kenny Wallace. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. What's up, my brother? Oh, all right, good to see you. Do you remember, Sean? You guys met a long time we ago. Met very, very briefly at TRG way back when. Hey, nice seeing you, man. Did you tell us you were doing this? Yeah, we called ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're driving to see you. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah, no. we did. We really did. We just yeah. drove from. Uh, uh, we Brighton, came from Michigan. Brighton, Michigan. We slept. We spent the night in Springfield last yeah. night. Springfield. Springfield. I couldn't believe that you just called me every once in a while. Yeah. I was like, my gosh, where's he at? 
<laughs> I, know, I thought you were racing somewhere around here. No, no, no. We're doing a whole month-long trip for this. Could I have a half and half tea? Half sweet? Oh, are you half not a lumber guy? No, oh, no. Tea. What? He no. wants tea. 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 What do you, what and, are you, you say? Half and half? Yeah, well, see, here's the reason I do half okay. and half tea is because... Wait, half ice and half... Or half Half, and half so unsweet? straight up iced tea, but okay. half sweet and okay. half unsweet. So not half lemonade, half no. icy. Okay. No, and the reason that all started was because my blood sugar got to 124 like four or five years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's not supposed to be over 124. So uh, my daughter Brittany taught me that. So when I got off all Coke, all Pepsi, all right. sweet tea. Right. Dude, I was shaking. Because <laughs> I, I, I was addicted to caffeine, I'm, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. And... Uh, when I was hungry, I would just have a Coke or a Pepsi. I, I get it. So I totally now that you uh, move your mic up just a little. Yep, I will. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Right about here is that that's good? good? That's, that's perfect. You're the best. Thanks. Thanks. So since you went off of big caffeine, I, I don't notice any change in your energy level. You seem to be still pretty much. I'm tireder. I'm way tireder. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm wore out all the time. I told Schrader one time. I said, uh, it was last year. I said. Are you tired? He goes all the time. Every day. Every day. <laughs> That's the way I am right now. Yeah. So for me to keep up my entertainment level, I got to get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Because old Herminator's wearing out. Man, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. I need Herm right where I like him. I well, need you, him up there. You, you won't see any difference. Yeah. But when I go to bed, I'm going yeah, to bed. Yeah, you're out. You're out. out. Hibernation. Yeah. That's it's funny. way easier for me to go to bed now. So like, um, you know, I mean, it's easy for me at 1130 to go, I'm going to bed. Oh, well, that's pretty late for most people. Because yeah. I, I, I'm up late all the time, and, like, people are like, yeah. no, no, I'm in bed by 9.30. Nah. No well, way. see, I grew up, you know, me and my mom used to stay up watching the Johnny Carson show. Okay. Right. So I forgot what time the Johnny Carson show came on here. That was 11.30. Here. Uh, well, in the West Midwest Coast, here. Was, I don't know, Midwest. Yeah. I mean, and what's crazy is you're in my – this is my home. Uh, you know, even though we lived in Charlotte for 28 years, I always wanted to come back here, but, like, five miles from here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can close my eyes, the living room. I go right by the house all the time. I'm like, you're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I stopped like, by there once, and my brother Mike's handwriting and everything is still in the garage. No, no way. Oh, Kenny Schrader's awesome. old phone number. Because we, <laughs> we used to just write right on the wood walls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. Pretty cool. And they probably have no clue. They're like, this guy's here again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop coming here. So I grew up. I grew up staying up late, okay, yeah. yeah, watching Johnny Carson, yeah, yeah. eating vanilla ice cream, and <laughs> a Coke, then go to bed. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's time for sleep. Yeah, my mom would say, Kenneth, you can stay up, but if you give me any problem getting up in the morning, that's it. Right, you are not get, staying up late anymore. Right, oh, it was horrible <laughs> trying to get up. <laughs> like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. So you're going. You said I got to do this radio show this other radio show and then i'm going to race dirt that was your schedule for the week when you know i said what do you got going on you know what's funny is uh last night on sirius xm we were interviewing slugger lab yeah her chief uh, of boston love, Dylan. Sean i have loves, a special love for slugger lab yeah, yeah. okay so what you just said to me is what i said to slugger <laughs> what happened was boston Dillon called in okay and uh he was kind of just having fun with Slugger. The whole team was down there in Homestead, Miami. Yeah, the tire testing or something. At a bar drinking. Yeah. And Slugger's like, I got to do this motherfucking radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes outside. I said, when we got done interviewing him, I said, okay, Slugger, I'm going to paint this picture and you tell me how close it is. You're drinking beer with your boys. You're having a good time. You looked at them all and said, I got to go to this 
fucking radio show. <laughs> you walk. You, I said, I can picture you outside with a beer in your hand, and you're, you're talking to us. He goes, it, dead on, except you missed one thing. I said, what? He says, I'm wearing shorts and sandals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. He's doing good. Yeah. Let's go. I am so excited you guys are here. Yeah, dude. Man, thanks for having us down, here. Your down low deal. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling you, yeah. that was just so down low. Yeah, we uh, we were Text me once a day. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, okay, I, I'd love to have him on. If he can do it, if he can't do it, all good. Oh, no pressure. Because yes. you know how it is when people are like, I'm hey, on. I want you to do a thing, and you're like, I was going to sleep that Only day or whatever. 100% right. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I was like, I'm not going to put any pressure on him. because Yeah, but and I was that way, but I like you so much, I wanted to be with you. I appreciate that. I feel the same way. Seriously. And that's why we were like, okay, let's not bother him, but if he's in, we'll, we'll make we'll make the trip. And it was fine. It didn't. It didn't really uh, right. affect our trip because we're going from here to Indy. You know, we'll be in Indy for a couple of days, so it's kind of it worked out really well. Yeah. So do the do the drive around. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Ganassi shop tomorrow. We're gonna have dinner with Mike Hull. In Indy. Yeah, in Indy. Yeah. 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 So we'll go see Mike Hull, who kind of runs all of the Indy car stuff. stuff. Yeah, and sports car stuff. And yeah. He's been around forever. And that's uh, right up your alley. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that'll. Dude, you uh, race fun. you race a lot of different cars. I try to. I'm like the Kenny Wallace of sports car racing. Yes. Because you're in something all the time. Yes. You're doing dirt. You're right. doing. Stock cars. I live, you know, I've had so many questions asked to me about why do I run dirt? Yeah. You know, I look at Rusty and I look at, you know, other drivers. There's very few drivers that when they quit NASCAR, they quit cold turkey. Right. You look at like uh, Ricky Rudd races the hell out of go-karts. Yeah. Uh, Bill Elliott races a lot. I talk to Bill every once in a while. Great conversation with him. He and his buddy, uh, race motorcycles through the woods. I don't know what they call that TNT stuff or whatever. Uh, but most everybody stays active. They keep doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, just, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how you all are, but old to me, I mean, I'm getting older and tireder, but I'm not ready to. You still want to play. I still want to play. Yeah, Perfectly yeah. put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like doing TV and radio, but that's not me. Right, right, right. right. You know I mean, we're racers. Yep, right, yep. I ain't shutting my down right away <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, i hear you loud and clear shutting it down well, so, so speaking of racing all technically all three of us but really you guys bonded at the rolex 24 in 20 big time 11 2010 20, or 2011 i think it was 2011 wonderful event i learned yeah. so much because that was your first race like that right i know you'd actually done, you done the 24 hour before in something a long time ago you told me you're right like an old trans am type 1993 for felix sabatis he had a buddy yeah that had it um a lower level GT car, basically. It was like a, it was like an old. It was an Ed Howell car. Okay. Basically, it was a left-hander car. Yeah. Where yeah, you yeah. just, you know, oval car. Yeah. Right. But the guy made it into. I did it for Felix. Yeah. It was a wonderful experience. I blew the motor up going through the chicane on the back straightaway. <laughs> I went through and I looked down and the oil light was on. Okay. I'm not saying I blew it up, but the oil pressure light came on. Right, right, right. <laughs> it blew up when you were in it. I blew up when yeah, I was in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But. That was, so that Daytona 24 that I ran with you was a highlight in my life. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. That's it was cool. for so many levels. Yeah. The stories I could just tell you on and on. But uh, I think I got comfortable with you right away because I didn't know you. And you looked at me and, and uh, you talked to me about my tweeting right away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I yeah. said, oh, I like him because he knows me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I follow him. <laughs> so I, I kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. got close to you yeah. right away. But yeah. my that's God, your road racing skills are outrageous. Well, I appreciate that, man. You're, uh, Thank you. You know, and I'm not saying that to you because 
Nine, my I friend, believe you. Yeah. You're, you're a high-level road course well, guy. Well, that's one of the things I like about you is that you'll tell somebody you like when they do something wrong. You don't well, share your code. You'll be like, oh, that was dumb. But I'm not mean <laughs> about it. No, 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 but, you'll, you'll, but you tell but, it like it is. But, you know, um, my God, you're good and fast. And, you know, so – so that road court, that 24-hour that we ran, we run eighth. You you ran 90% of the race. Uh, we couldn't keep up within two seconds of you, maybe three. But uh, I remember going to bed trying to get like two, three hours of sleep. And my motorhome was in the, I don't know what you guys call it, like the 180-degree corner. Yeah, one of the horseshoes. One yeah. of the horseshoes. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to go to sleep, and I did go to sleep. And all of a sudden, I got woke up to this. Wah, wah. And I woke up and I'm because the 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 wing ding ding ding. It's st- that yeah, stopped. Yeah, yeah. Right. You guys and I don't know who was in the car at that time, but we went yellow. It was so foggy. foggy. That's right. Uh, that's I right. think you yeah, all yeah, went yeah. two two hours at yeah, least. It was yeah, something like that. A two hours of yellow where like because yeah, the visibility is so bad, we use the corner workers on the infield. We don't just use the oval lights. And so when the corner workers can't see each other, they can't tell the next guy if there's a crash or something. You know what I mean? It was incredible. So that's that's yeah. the kind of the reasoning behind it. But yeah, I, yeah. what I remember was. It kind of put me to sleep, so I went to sleep hearing the natural Same sound. Noise. I, I yeah. got, I got, I went to sleep hearing this, yeah. and all of a sudden I got woke up by, right, right. It's, a, it's different. <laughs> so you're like, all right, something, something's changed here. Yeah, something's, yeah. something's big, yeah. and it's going on. I thought you were going to say the motorhome ran out of gas or something. So it was, oh no, it's the generator dying. Yeah, <laughs> I've woken up to that before. You're like, oh no. But you know, and then we uh, did such good things, you know. Uh, I got brain fade. Who did we race for? Uh, TRG. TRG. Yeah, well, I know that. We're Kevin Buster. That. Oh, oh, the Children's Tumor Foundation. Children's Tumor yeah, Foundation yeah. was a wonderful yeah. thing. I never knew about that disease. Same. That was the first time I worked with them. I still work with them. My, one of my favorite things was getting to spend time around you, and then I think Brendan Gaughan was in one of the other cars that, yeah, week, yeah, that, that weekend, too. That I won. think they won. And they won. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's no, right. With no clutch. So DirecTV just called, and you got to take the call because if you don't, they're not showing up. Thanks for letting me take that phone call. No, no, of time. course. That's, that's so the, this the is miracle pre- of editing. Yeah, yeah, this is pre-recorded, so yeah. this won't go up for another month. Yeah, and we'll edit all the shit out. But the oh, it's fu- good. But the fun thing about this is that our episodes are just long-winded, like no platform. Yeah, it's just like Kenny, what'd you have for breakfast? And you're like, oh, let me right. tell you a story about breakfast, and that's it. You know what I mean? I love it. And we'll talk I about lo- racing I love all stuff, this. but like it's just like catching up with buds and racing. You know? I love it. So. so you know, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina for 28 years. Yeah. But I always loved my hometown. Yeah. You're very, you're very yeah. loyal. I like Missouri. representing. Yeah, you do. I, yeah. Epic stories about everything, you know, uh, with the Rams, with the Blues, with the Cardinals. I'm so lucky, you know, to get invited to golf tournaments. Right. And then you meet people. Sure. You know how it is. Yeah. But moving to... Charlotte, North Carolina, November of 1988. But now before that, 1984, I was a crew chief That's right. on the Levi Garrett team. Yeah. 1984 in cup. Joe Rutten was the driver. Levi Garrett. Yeah. Tobacco. Yep. So that was in 84. I came back to St. Louis, and I started being a race car driver <laughs> in 86. Oh, we got fans. Yep. Fans. <laughs> Those are – a long time childhood friends of mine. And, okay. Uh, those are the Mahoney's. <laughs> and uh, yes, basically my second best friend in life. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. But they know what I'm up to. They're always down at Lake of those arcs where okay. Dorsey Schrader. Yeah, yeah. Has, yeah, they, I've heard all sorts of stories. Yeah, they live right here, but they are freaks. They got to go to the lake. <laughs> they have to go to the lake every Friday. And I said, right. you're taking me next year. Yeah, I want to go. So yeah. yeah, I mean, 
And that kind of falls right into what we're talking about. Just to put some context on here, some people were walking by and waved at you. Yeah. And you did the whole two-hand wave. Are you like the the honorary mayor here? Like, does everybody know Kenny Wallace? Uh, I I don't like to think of myself like that just because, you know, even if I have money, I want to be middle class. Sure. I get that. I, 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 I don't want to go through the whole deal where I don't have money. And I he's NASCAR. <laughs> you know, he's right. got this. I, man, you know me. Uh, it's very, very important for me yeah. to be middle class. You, right. you do garage sales at your race shop. Oh, all the time. And you, just get, and you get rid of whatever. You yeah. get rid of clothes or old TV or an old whatever. Like, I, I always find that so funny. And, yeah. you, and you're, like, there and Kim's oh, there yeah. and you guys are doing the whole thing. And, like, it's a real garage sale at the race shop. And and, and I got to tell you, so that is my wife. Yeah. We're, we're Midwest Missouri people. And what that means is I always hashtag Missouri frugal. That's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> I have a friend that's from St. Louis that's like, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Because I say that to her sometimes. I'm like, oh, Missouri frugal. She's like, I don't know what that means. But yeah. she's, she's 28. So maybe it's a generational well, thing. I'll tell you what Missouri frugal means is, and I'm not proud of this. We are in a very under blue collar, almost we're almost under middle class. Here. Okay, you know we all grew up broke on our ass. Yeah, uh, you know my my dad was a hardworking man, carried two jobs, worked on King's Highway, at King Dodge, a Dodge dealership, okay. and at yeah. the same time threw a newspaper route. I got you. And us boys were involved with that every Tuesday, and it was a one hundred dollar bill, and I would insert let's say True Value said we're going to yeah. start advertising so. I would open the the real newspaper out, put the inserts in, okay, and then Rusty and Mike would roll them, yeah, and and I'd put them in Thank the suburban, and then we'd start, uh, you know, delivering the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are delivering papers, but you used to sit the inserts into the newspaper. Yeah, and, and separately. You know, so this is all about the hashtag Missouri Frugal. Yeah. And, and maybe I made it up, but I don't <laughs> think so. I don't. I don't think so because. Kenny Schrader's wife, Ann, uh-huh. Ann Schrader, she grew up here. Right. She knew what I meant right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, when I grew up, it was like, do you have $3 to help me with gas? Right, right. Okay, I, I grew up in that environment. Yeah. Uh, when I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, I realized everybody had money. Sure. It was more like ho- the, the town of transplants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I grew up in an environment where, uh, you know, you didn't take a shower every day. Okay. Uh my friend, we didn't know it, but we were redneck as hell. <laughs> but you didn't know any better. I asked my mom years later. I, I came back here and I said, Mom, were we rednecks? And, and I was serious about this. Yeah. She said, Kenny, I'm afraid we were. <laughs> so, for example, if to this day right now, if, if I borrowed a $20 bill on a Monday yeah. and my buddy said, okay, but you got to give it back to me by Friday, and you didn't pay back by Friday, friendships were going to be lost over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, the weather's hot here. It's very miserable. Sure. Uh, there's just something about Missouri, especially the St. Louis area. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we have hardcore crystal meth people. Okay. Drugs, you know, a little south of here. Uh-huh. But they're my people. I, I, I love my environment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't prosper around wealthy people. Okay, sure. So you want to be around your people. I want to be around my people. I get that. I can I fit that. in with you anybody. You can make do, but that's your people. It, you know, I, I've yeah. been on yachts. You know, I've been to the White House. I've been, I've been lobbying, yeah. you know, in the Senate hallways. And, and, you know, you and I, we've raced so much. 
I've seen a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying I've seen it all, but, but you get to do some really unique things because of what racing can bring. I've for you. been in the mosh pits in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> seeing people snort cocaine, and I'm like, oh my god! And I run, I run. Right. I, I'll hang out with my dope friend, my dope smoking friends. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's very but simple around here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Missouri frugal is all that. Okay. You know. Uh, That's where you come from, though. So yeah. you're true to it. You know, I've asked my friends to go somewhere with me. A deal's got to be made because they don't have any money. Yeah. You know, they're hard workers. You know, I, I say, well, hey, you go to, go to go somewhere with me? Oh, man, I'll, I'll, look, I'll pay for everything. Okay, I'll go with you. Yeah. So all my, all my friends are true to me. Yeah. They'll do anything for me. But money is a huge. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm talking a $20 bill huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where Missouri Frugal I get comes it. from. Yeah, yeah, I've always wondered about that because you use that hashtag, and I'm like, I, I love that you do it. And I always like, anytime you're like, yeah, come on over to the shop, we got to, you'll put your like shop address on Twitter. It's horrible. You know what I mean? You're, <laughs> like, you're like, come on over here, we're selling like, oh, and like people are going through like old race shirts and old jeans and stuff, and you're like tweeting about it. You're like, yeah, yeah, that guy bought my jeans for a dollar. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I told my wife, I said, Kimberly, Dale Earnhardt wouldn't do this. But I got to tell you a quick story that just was incredible. David Reagan, uh-huh. the NASCAR yep. Sprint Cup driver, yeah, right? Yeah. He acts like me, and he and David's got a lot of money because okay. you know when he drove for Roush, he made a. Yeah, I'm of sure, money. sure, sure. He comes to the garage sale <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah, on right. Thursday, goes to Talladega, qualifies, and wins the Sprint Cup race. Yeah. This is three, four years ago yeah. with, when David Gillen yeah, pushed right. him on they, the they last lap. Together, yep. So. You know, me and Kyle Petty were in victory lane at the time. It's Speed TV still. Yeah. Or it could have been FS1, but bottom line, it's a couple of years ago. And he's in victory lane. I said, okay, first things first. Do you think you stopping at our, our yeah. garage sale right. is why you won this yeah. race? <laughs> so I, I like David Reagan because there's a guy that's got millions of bucks, but he still he still stops at garage sale. He's still himself. Yeah. 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 You know, and uh, – I can't get my brother Rusty to, you know, Rusty's got to go to Cabo. Yeah. I love Rusty with all my heart, but I tell Rusty, I said, brother, you, you're too busy being famous. <laughs> <laughs> Come dirt racing with me. I like that. We stop at the Flying J and the right. Loves. I know. And, right, I know. Right. When, when Vine first came out, you and I were both big on Vine. Yeah. And you would post these funny videos with a couple of your crew guys off the dirt team when you had the Jag sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys would just be at the Flying Hook. Mm. As they call it, you guys were eating a sandwich I or whatever. I never knew that. Flying hook. You never heard of the flying hook? No. You guys are there at two in the morning getting a burrito or Always. sandwich or whatever, and like, got to get on over yeah. to so and so for the Dirt Nationals tomorrow. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I mean, all that involved, you know, the hashtag Missouri Frugal on Twitter. I don't use it very much. I probably haven't used it in months. Yeah. But um, it's it's more about my environment. You know, St. Louis. Uh, you know, the the rapper Nelly helped put us on the map. Yeah. You know, again. Um, it was Kyle Petty that told me that uh, Jackie Joyner, Kersey, Vincent Price, okay. uh, you know, from right across the river. Yeah. They were from a hardcore area, East St. Louis. Yeah. And, and we all know East St. Louis. I mean, they were so broke on their ass that, you know, they, they got shut down. They didn't have enough money to run their police. It wasn't even a town anymore. It wasn't even yeah. a town anymore. Yeah. But, but, you know, uh, I mean, we, we got a lot of famous people right <coughs> now. Cohen, Andy Cohen. Yeah. He, yeah. He's from here. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's St. Louis. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. 
Uh, yeah, so I, I, I like the fine life. I love to uh, go to the Bahamas. I love to go on yachts. Uh, but it's not, I don't, I, it's not imperative for me to live that lifestyle 24-7. Okay, right. So on one hand, you like to do that, but I think I'd say your true passion is dirt racing because you are fired up about doing that. You, how many races a year are you doing with your dirt team? Yeah, uh, right at 59, 59 with my own Kenny Wallace Racing Dirt right. Car Team, 59 this year and probably about another 10 yeah. driving out on the West Coast okay. uh, with – cars that are called imca cars they look just like mine okay a little lesser motors a little mm -hmm. different tire rule so uh 70 yeah but it's easy to wow. do yeah you show up everything you know what you're doing yeah it's, it's sorted out it, it, it's so easy because so we'll go to we'll go to daytona for speed weeks we go to east bay yeah. raceway in tampa and you know we'll run three races in three days yeah right so in dirt racing when you say i've run 70 races you know, they're 30 lap features. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you roll in there on a f at 5 o'clock. I was going to say, right. it's the evening. Yeah, they're not it, these three days. It's the evening shows. when the show, when yeah. the show kind of gets going, right? Yeah. It starts at 5 and ends at midnight ish. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah. well, yeah, a good show. If you make you know, A good show starts practice at 6 to 6 30. Yeah. You're, you're out of there at 9 30, 10 30. Okay, I got you. We, but, yeah. We sat down with Brian Clausen last year, and, and the thing that struck us about his style of racing was that he was actually paying for the majority of it with prize money. Yeah. Like, you're actually to, out racing to trying to make going. it all work. Yeah. Um, how's that working for you? Is it, is it prize money? Is it sponsorship? Yeah, there is a huge difference between Brian Clawson and, and me. Brian Clawson was a full-blown open-wheel driver. Yeah. Right. And the reason I know so much about that is that that's the way Kenny Schrader came. Uh -huh. Right. So Kenny Schrader was open-wheel, and Rusty Wallace, my brother, uh, you know, we were all in the same town. Sure. Uh, so I knew all about the open-wheel lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Open-wheel lifestyle is made up more of owners that hire people to drive their car. I got right. you. Totally. As to where we tended to build our own race cars and race our own stuff. So Brian Clausen and Schrader were incredible because they, ha they have so much talent that car owners would say, hey. I want you. I want you to drive my car. Yeah, yeah. You'd run a race. You'd win the race. Uh, and... and these figures would be true to right now. Uh -huh. Let's say Brian Clawson last year ran 100 races. Uh -huh. He won most of them. He'd win a big race, and he, he might have been given $300. Okay, yeah. But the key was he raced all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's ended up paying for itself, but it's not like he's – he's not pocketing a million dollars. No. But he's able to race comfortably throughout the yeah, year. Yeah, the, the open wheel crowd, there's no money to be made, so – like any racing, you have to find what we call a sugar daddy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the sugar daddy <laughs> you know about and Brian that in sports cars. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we, but it's all across the board. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. what racing is. Yeah. So, like, like Brian, I'm not saying this is what Brian Clawson did, but this is what 99 percent uh, of them do. Yeah. Is there's a sugar daddy that might own a a gutter company or right, a, right. or or a construction company, uh -huh. and he'll say, I'm going to buy two midgets or I'm going to have a – and those people become popular and they would say, Brian Clawson, drive my car. Yeah. And, and, you know, it might pay $600 to win the race. And and, and Brian, you know, would win the race and it, it might just get $200. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So what happens in that world is people would win a lot and they think they'd have money. Right. But they're broke on their ass. Right, uh -huh. right, right. So – 
you know, Brian was, you know, right there with that that breed. Right. Uh, but what Brian was doing that started coming to an end was Brian was racing way more than anybody yeah. up until his death. Yeah. You know, they're chasing 200 starts. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I love Brian Clausen. You know, I, I save a lot of pictures in my phone right, right. now. Yeah. I would see him because our modifieds would run with their USAC open yeah, yeah, wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You'd see, we'd see each other. Sure, sure. You know, everybody was laser focused. So yeah, you'd yeah, say yeah. hi. Yeah, right. And then later at night, you'd, you'd meet Definitely up. You'd kick yeah. back, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we were very fortunate to get to have him on with us last year, and he was a great, great kid to talk to. Very sad what happened. Um, I, want, I want to follow up on the dirt racing, though. Yeah. Going back to, you know, talking about NASCAR drivers, my brother Rusty quit cold turkey. And it just really shocked me because he loves racing. But then you got, like I was talking, Bill Elliott, Rice's Motorcycles, uh -huh. uh, you know, Ricky Rudd He's runs go-karts. Go yeah, yeah. So me racing my dirt car uh, has nothing to do with anything except I literally, in real, love racing. Yeah. I really like racing. Right. I get a thrill. I love the whole thing about uh -huh. it. I love the camaraderie as much as I love driving the car. Yeah. I like meeting the people. I like drinking the Bud Lights. I like going to Denny's. Yeah. I like going to Waffle House. That's actually, you said Denny's was your first response on where, where we should meet you. Like, right. You're like, I love Denny's. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I thought that, you know, it'd be more down home and be easier to work, yeah, work yeah. with. You know what yeah. I mean? You try to go into an Applebee's, no, yeah. they're going to rough you up a little bit. Oh, that's yeah. a pretty classy place. So. Yeah, that's high end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, Applebee's is, I, I got all the prices figured out. Oh, okay. So I can, <laughs> I can take me and three of my guys to Culver's. Okay. Oh, I know what you mean now. It's $26. You got yeah. the budget figured out in your head. Yeah. Then if I go down, like a place we're at right now, yeah. right here, you know, the local house. If I take me and three of my team here, it's fifty-six dollars. Right, right, right. And if I go Ruby Tuesdays, it's got great food, but it's by far off the charts expensive. Comparatively, it's yeah. eighty-six dollars ah, for wow. me and my three guys. Sure, sure. So it's a hundred-dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. So if things are going good, money's flowing good, you know, we'll once every two weeks <laughs> go to Ruby Tuesdays, get salad bar, get right. do whatever you want. New yeah. Orleans go seafood. <laughs> but if we're Make in a hurry, rain. you know, so it's 26 bucks for callers yeah. for me and three of my crew members, yeah. total four, yeah. 56 for where we're at, or $86 yeah. at Ruby Tuesday. What, what's a, to, to kind of put in perspective, what's one night of racing cost you for your dirt team? Take, yeah. And, you know, like know, what's, the, what's the budget for the night? Well, and I pay all my own bills. Yeah. Uh, I do everything myself. I have help, you know, my CPA and accountant slash therapist, great guy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the thing about the dirt car is that it pays for itself or else I don't race Over, it. Okay. okay. I'm yeah. a little bit like Roger Penske. Roger Penske told me this when I was a child. I think I was 15 years old, and Rusty drove the number 16 Norton Chevrolet Caprice car. Okay. And I, and I, I would hang around Roger Penske as a little child. And I'll never forget Roger saying, the race car supports itself. So with the dirt car, it supports itself. You know, I got sponsors, but, you know, we're grabbing sponsors from everywhere. Yeah. It might be two grand here, five grand here, yeah. 70,000 here. <laughs> right. But for me to load up and go down the road, you know, we're staying at a Super 8. Uh -huh. 
we're looking for those $60 hotel rooms. That's we're, exactly what we're doing on this yeah. trip. We're looking yeah. for a bar of soap that lasts one one over your body. Yeah. So you grab the bar of soap, it's you gone wash yourself, end. and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so we look for the 56 to 60. Yeah. We got no problem with it. Right. I, I have a problem with Motel 6s. They seem to be a little dirtier. <laughs> but, but I do like the Super 8s, Comfort Inns. So, you know, we don't have a toter home. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to spend 200 bucks on hotel rooms. Uh, yeah. It's the way it is. Right. Uh, the gas, you know, to fill my truck up, it's uh, $375. Yeah. Uh, my tires are $125 each on my car. $125 per tire. And on dirt cars, what like right road, 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 road racing fans might not know this, but sometimes you guys will only put one tire on. Right. And it's the right rear generally. Exactly. Yeah. So that $125 tire would be a trip to Ruby Tuesdays. Now you're out of a tire. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is critical. This is why you know all the numbers because you know exactly what it's going to cost you to do this stuff. And and, and uh, my deal is a little different. So the uh, the people that I race with, you know, I can't out-dollar these guys because the rules are so tight. Yeah, right. The only way I can out-dollar them is this. I pay for my team's pit passes. Okay. I pay for when, – when we eat, I pay for everything. Yeah. So when people might say, well, Wallace has got all that NASCAR money or TV money. Sure. They're not el- well educated. The only way I out-dollar people is I pay for my crew. Okay. I pay for everything. All the guys I race with, most of them, their crew members like racing so, so they much. Volunteer. They pay for their own hotel rooms. Yeah, they wow. pay wow. for their pit pass. Yeah. But for me, the question you asked, if I leave St. Louis on, say, let's say it's the Summer Nationals. Okay. And we race seven nights a week yeah. for one month. It's awesome. Yeah. You go with me. You should go with me. I would kill to do that. <laughs> you, can, you go with me. I pay for everything. <laughs> I'll throw a wrench. We oh, leave yeah, on yeah. we leave on Monday. Yeah. Okay. We leave on Monday, and we'll ra- and we do it a lot. We'll race five out of seven nights. Easy. Wow. Now it it's it's it will wear on you. Yeah. So yeah, we I'm meet dead. in the it's lobby on purpose at noon. Yeah. So the deal is, if you want to get up at six, you do your deal. Yeah. But we're all going to meet gonna at noon. That way you noon. can do what you want to do. Got a whole yeah. morning to kill. Gain your strength back. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. So, for me to leave on a Monday and say to come back to my shop on Friday because I have to go to work and do TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, that trip right there might cost me $3,000. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But that's really, like, to give you, and I'm sure you don't know the numbers on this stuff because it's not in your wheelhouse, but, like, a average sports car, like, club-level weekend, which is, I guess, in comparison, like, you're racing against some badass guys, but there are badass guys that race road racing club Absolutely. stuff. But a weekend in a spec Miata could be, which is, like, probably the lowest form of yeah. club racing or at least entry point right. on price, is about – Fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars, and that's a two or three day event. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you just said five races in seven days, essentially. Easily, you know what I mean. And that's that's bargain racing right there. That's really good, and you're winning. Yeah, you're but up front. And you know, here's the deal. I'm an asphalt racer. Uh-huh. I grew I grew up. I didn't grow up road racing, but I know how good you all are. Uh, that's more stories about that later. But <laughs> you are incredibly talented. But one thing we share in common is we're racing. Mm-hmm. A tire's a tire. Yeah. Hotel's a hotel. Right. Motor's a motor. Gas, oil. Yeah. So one thing I like about dirt racing. So, you know, I've already explained to you how much I love asphalt. Yeah. But one thing I really like about dirt racing is 
I can win five grand. So like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Spoon River, Illinois, 50-lap race, uh, 80, 80 cars show up yeah. for 24 starting positions. That's so cool. I wow, win the freaking awesome. race. They write me a check for 5000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we can do that a lot, but for the most part, our race is a 20-lap feature. is $700 to win. To win. Yeah. To win. Yeah. So I would say 80% of the time we're racing for $700 to $1,000 to win. Yeah. Now, if you run fifth, it's $250. Yeah. So it's probably the most level-headed racing out there. To, to yeah. give people listening to this that are – not familiar with the payout in terms of sports car racing, for example, <laughs> to win <laughs> to win in, uh, let's see, the GT3 class that I race in with the Acura, uh, I think it, it's probably like $100,000 for the weekend. Yeah. And if you win, I think it's like like ten grand, yeah, or something. You're still 90 yeah. in the hole at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the weekend cost. The car itself is a half million and dollars. And 100% right. of the sports car teams in any series, IMSA, Rally World Challenge, yeah. whatever it is, the prize money is not factored into the budget. No, not at all. Because there just is no. Yeah, that's know, not even. Not that's like an afterthought. Yeah. The closest thing I can get to you is the little Hondas that I race sometimes in the Continental Tire Series. Uh, if you win in a Honda, Honda gives con- uh, contingency money because they want to see their products out there. So it's like an added bonus. Like, hey, right. if you win in, a, right. in this car, you get a little bit more. But no one's sitting there going, if I get second, I'm I'm going to the next race next yeah, weekend. No, no, no. Know? Literally, so, yeah. like th- that's the closest you can get in sports car racing where it almost makes right. a very, very vague almost makes sense. And then it immediately goes out the window at the next level. So you know, pre- same, same conversation, uh, but just a little bit off of it. There's only one way I've ever made money at racing, and that was go NASCAR. Yeah, right. NASCAR made me a lot of money. But all other forms of racing, nobody makes any money. We do we do it because we, we scrap, claw. Uh, Carl Edwards' stories are unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You know, Carl Edwards was told, if you want to go NASCAR or you want to go run asphalt. Th- so there's a guy named Mike Mittler. Okay, so before – time out. So we had dinner last night with Dan Binks. Yeah. He runs the Corvette racing program for right. sports car racing. And he, we said, yeah, we're having dinner, or sorry, lunch tomorrow with, uh, with with Kenny Wallace. And he goes, ask him about the name Mike Mittler. Yes. That was the first thing he said. And we were like, oh, okay. And here you are bringing him up totally unprovoked. Right. But, yeah, he said that Mike Mittler gave Carl his big chance and that you'd probably know him from the being around the truck series and things like that. So the deal with Mike Mittler. I mean, I, I – yeah, it's written right there. I just want you to see Mike I love Mittler. it. Yeah, okay, yeah. so yeah. The, the deal with Mike <laughs> Mittler is absolutely incredible. Mike Mittler is an incredible machinist. Okay. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, he would show up at the racetrack when my dad raced. Mittler started coming to our shop with Rusty, okay? We would always go buy a Craftsman socket, put a spring in it, and – It'd last maybe a race, and it would break. Yeah. It would crack. Mittler was a machinist. Before Mike Mittler was Mittler Brothers, Mittler was at our shop every night. He created a socket, uh, and he's a machinist, so this term was called broaching. Okay. You took the socket, and you burned the socket on the inside and created, uh, instead of a 12-point socket or whatever it was, Mittler had like a six-point socket, whatever it was. Yeah. And he made the socket to where it would not crack, and it would spit the socket out or, or the nut the out. Nut, right. So if I keep the air wrench open, I go, ee, 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 
every time you came off, the it's nut gone. would go flying. Yeah. Mittler made that. Yeah, that saved a lot of time. And all the NASCAR guys started buying them on the down low. You're okay. Then Mittler, uh, the whole time making a real living. With uh, his real stuff. With right. his real stuff right. for like real people. Yeah. Right. But on the side, he was making racing things. Yeah. So then he started making the bead roller. Yeah, right. The bead roller. Right. The brake. Refining the brake for yeah. racers. Yeah. yeah. So Mike Mittler started with us. Started with yeah. Rusty Wallace Racing. That's where he kind of got his, I would say, his next level up. Because okay. Mittler would go in the hauler with us. Yeah. Because when Rusty made it, went down south, Mittler started a truck team. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah Mike, that, Mittler, start, what, Mike yeah. Mittler started a truck team. And, and Mittler had one leg in, one leg out. And um, Mike Mittler spent all the money that he could yeah. on, the, on building some trucks. And that was in the Craftsman Truck, like Craftsman Truck Series, beginning of it, essentially. Yeah, pretty yeah, much the beginning yeah. of it. And his, his trucks were nowhere near as good as the other people. But but Mittler uh, is incredibly good at what he does. Dear friend of mine, he builds things for me right this minute. His business never suffers. His business is over here. Right. The Craftsman Truck, our Camping World trucks, right now. It's five miles down the road. Just a very modest shop. Yeah. And uh, he hired Carl Edwards. He hired Jamie McMurray. Uh, you know, he told Carl Edwards. Carl just told me this story last week. Mike Mittler told Carl Edwards, you don't have any experience on asphalt. If you want to drive my truck, you go buy a, a USAC asphalt sprint car okay. and race it at O'Reilly Raceway Park. Yeah. That's what Tony Stewart, that's what Ryan Newman did. So Carl Edwards would do things like this. Get in an old junkie car with no heat and air. Yeah. Drive from Columbia, Missouri to um, all the way over to Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Okay. Go to all the guys that had midgets and sprint cars and ask if he could drive their car. And they say no. He'd go all the way back home, sleep in his car. <laughs> Finally got a break, and Mittler said, okay, you can drive it. Yeah. I think they went to Memphis, and he ran 16th, and Mittler was beside himself. He said, why didn't you tell me you could drive? <laughs> Carl Edwards says, Mittler, I t I've been trying to drive for you for four years. But Carl Edwards' story is off the charts. I mean, so broke. Put his family in complete debt. They gathered up $34,000 okay. and bought that. A hunk of chunk sprint car sprint car yeah and drove it out on a single trailer axle to phoenix arizona <laughs> right oh, wow yeah yeah okay. passed on the last lap of the b main passed uh, jack hewitt on the outside made the a main yeah pulled off because his engine was over he made the a main started showing people but uh Mittler is solely responsible for Carl Edwards' break, but Carl worked incredibly hard. He had to make it happen. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah, did he yeah. have to make it yeah. happen. Yeah. That's awesome. But, That's but cool Mike story. Mittler is a dear friend. Yeah. Uh, I stay close to Mike. Uh, you know, he makes a lot of things for my dirt car and uh, is hugely popular and famous in the world of fabrication sure. right now, you know. So without – the name Dale Earnhardt Sr., mm -hmm. there's probably not the 
big name of Kenny Wallace. Is that senior, correct to say? Dale Sr. was solely responsible, along with my brother Rusty. Well, let's, let's say this. Without my brother Rusty, I'm nobody. Okay. Rusty and I, along with his wife and at the time my girlfriend, we left St. Louis. Not they were different, though. Right. Okay. Let's make it sure. <laughs> so, right. We literally, we literally, Rusty was in 84. He was going down to get his first NASCAR ride. Okay. Uh, drove the number 88 Gatorade car for Cliff Stewart in 84. And in 84, I was I was going down to be a crew member, car chief, right. on the Levi Garrett car mm -hmm. with Joe Rutman. We literally followed each other down there. Down there, yeah. Right. So I moved back to St. Louis. There's a lot more involved in there, but it's all good. I came back and I started my driving career back here. So in November of 1988, my brother Rusty became successful. Yeah. And he loves me, and I love him. And it's me and my brothers. You guys Rusty are very close family. Yes. Yeah. Rusty said, Herm, I'm going to help you get started racing. My brother Rusty literally is responsible for me leaving St. Louis. I got down there. He had a brand-new single-wide mobile home, brand-new porch on it, and a brand-new van waiting for me and my girlfriend, wow. Kim. So I, I end up going back down in 86, and yeah. my brother Rusty starts a team for me, right? Yeah. But before we got there, NASCAR said, Kenny Wallace, you cannot race Daytona unless we see you. Okay. Race mm -hmm. and give us a portfolio because you can't just show up Daytona and go 200 miles an yeah, hour. Right. Sure. Rusty calls Earnhardt up. Earnhardt's like, let's put, let's put Herman in one of our cars. I raced at Dale Earnhardt in ASA at St. Paul, Minnesota Okay. when I run ASA. Yeah. Earnhardt would come run some ASA races with us. Yeah, cool. So Dale knew me. And Earnhardt was good to me. So Dale Earnhardt, senior, put me in his number eight GM Goodrich Chevrolet Xfinity car. Okay. And uh, I, went to Mil I went to Martinsville, and I finished, I think, seventh or eighth, whatever it was. And then, and then I, I gave NASCAR a portfolio that I run Winchester, Indiana. I run Salem. I ran Milwaukee. I ran Michigan, the big speedway. Right, right, in my, right. And so – then NASCAR watched me practice at Daytona, and they finally approved me. Finally approved me. But, I mean, Earnhardt was, you know, if he doesn't let me drive that car right, right. At, at Martinsville for NASCAR to say, you know, who is Kenny Wallace? Yeah. Here I am. Yeah. Right. I'm driving Earnhardt's car. I'm with Earnhardt. And there yeah. was this, I mean, at the time, there, in my opinion, there was this perception of, of Rusty and Dale kind of butting heads a lot. But it seemed like behind the scenes, obviously, he's helping you out. It, it probably wasn't really the case. No. Fierce competitors, yeah. but they were, they were total respect. Yeah, yeah. That's the way Rusty and Earnhardt were. Sure, sure. Rusty and Earnhardt did a lot of things together off the racetrack, and really were friends in right. real, yeah. right. not fake friendship, yeah, right. which yeah. is very rare. Sure, right. Because you know, right, Ryan. <laughs> very hard. It's very rare. I've been through it. Yeah. I've got very good friends. Right. You know, I've had. You know, Steve Grissom, Ricky Craven, uh, Jeff Gordon. Uh, you know, we were jealous of each other 
every other week. Yeah. Right. Right. You because know, we wanted to be the greatest. Because yeah. right. I am the greatest. Right. Of course. Yeah. Got to be. Ryan Everly. I'm the greatest. You're the you're the greatest. Yeah. Exactly. So when things wouldn't go good, and you see your buddy over there doing good, I'm absolute natural jealousy. You didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. And you love the guy, but you're yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah. 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 And you literally might not talk to him because you're so upset that you weren't that. Yeah. But I think with Rusty and Earnhardt, they were such a, at a, such a high level. Right. I mean, they were the greatest. They're the pioneers of really modern-day fame and racing for, for, for this country, yeah. y- you know, because that's the, that's the big sport of yeah, racing. Yeah, certainly that's what it is. And that was right when it, blew, when it boomed. Blew up. You know what I mean? When it really became something big. Well, you know, uh, and you straighten me out here. <laughs> to me, to me, uh, NASCAR is the largest form of motorsports, uh, obviously, not in the world, I guess Formula One. Yeah. It, they yep. race in different countries, yep. and that's off the charts. That's right. right. Yeah. But I mean, second to to that, I don't know of anything bigger than NASCAR. No. 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 It's and it's between Cup and F one yeah. for for the and then Cup is only really in the United States. Right. You know. So I mean? it's even hard to watch overseas. Right. So yeah. you, you look at Rusty and Dale Senior. Uh, they were at the they're, they're racing in the most highest form. Yeah. They both were champions. They both won, and. You know, they both wanted to beat each other, but somewhere they just learned that they were both making a crap load of money. Yeah. And and they they uh, somehow they got along really good. Those guys would go in cahoots with each other too. <laughs> right. Rusty. Like working together. Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Earnhardt. You know, they're the ones that put up all the money and started Chase Authentics. You know, the diecast yeah. cars. Right. And, right. So I mean, they were making a lot of money. Right. You know, and seeing where this could go. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, Fred Wagonall would say, "Hey, let's, you know, let's put up some money, guys." Right. You know, Rusty would write in a $100,000 check, and Earnhardt would, and Gordon would. And, my God, they were getting paid back huge. Has, so has, they were involved in this whole deal. Has right. Rusty ever invested in podcasts? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> he's, he's out. He's out now. Sold his jet. <laughs> he's living in normal. He's only making about $4 million a year now. Oh, oh poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, he keeps it middle class. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing good. Yeah. Proud of my brother. Is there any money in IndyCar? No. Uh, d- d- define money. Okay, let's say Hinch, who's dancing with stars right now. He's probably doing okay. He's doing like what is okay? Uh, I have I no mean, idea. And, and to be honest, I don't think either of us really know. He's a millionaire, huh? but just yeah. And mostly because he obviously he can drive, but he's also very good at selling. You know he's a he's a showman. He can really mm-hmm. get up in front of people and talk and, and go, hey, I'm gonna sell your product for you. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, there's only like two or three that can even do that. Yeah. Because like there are guys that are probably maybe more talented than Hinch, but they can't sit at this table and have a conversation with you. I mean, you were able to make a legitimate living doing primarily Xfinity racing, um, and I would say like, I mean, Indy Lights. That's absolutely no, not possible. No, Every one no. of them is literally 100% of the drivers in Indy Lights are bringing money. Um, but even at that, there's maybe. Let's say to finish, half dozen guys. For, for, for just so you know, like half the field of IndyCar, there's 22 cars. Half, maybe even two thirds, are less, bringing yeah. funding to be there. They might be getting paid out of the funding they're bringing, but it's not like Penske's calling. Well, in that case, Penske is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like half the team owners are calling up, going, "Hey, you're the guy, and here's a million dollar check." Right. Most of them are going, "You bring me six million dollars in sponsorship, and I'll give you five hundred thousand dollars back." Right. And that's kind of really how that's it works. Brutal. Yeah. You know. Brutal. <laughs> the <laughs> end of my career got like that. So. If you take the gauge 100%, right. let's go 0 to 100%. Early 90% of my career, 
90% of my career, they paid me. Mm -hmm. Right. But for some reason, at, at that time, I wasn't trying to get sponsorship. Yeah. Right. But in the glory days, right. you know, I had great sponsors. You know, Dirt Devil, Square D. You know, I, I know what kind of information to give out, what not to give out. So yeah. I'll tell you figures. In 19, when I first started racing, when, when my brother Rusty said, Herm, come down. Right. We got Cox Treated Lumber as a sponsor. I think that year, uh, I won Rookie of the Year. 19, what was it? 89. 1989 was my very first year in NASCAR. We spent $700,000. My brother Rusty paid me 30000 a year. Okay. And 30% of what the car made. Okay. I lived in a beautiful brand new single wide. <laughs> I, you know me. Had me, the van. We had the van. <laughs> Buddy, we were in tall cotton. You were, you were living. We didn't know what to do with all the money. <laughs> right. Because I came from being yeah. nothing. Yeah, dirt poor. Dirt. I, and I mean, when I say dirt poor, I mean, had a 1976 GMC pickup truck. I'd pull up at the gas station, and this is no lie. It came to where it's like, you know, check the gas, fill it up with oil. Oh. It, I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, my, right. I had nothing. Yeah. I, right. One time I went, I always had change. And, and I went to get change to get a bag of ice, yeah. take it back to shop which the shop was a excavating company, yeah. and I put my race car over here I next gotcha. to the earth movers and the <laughs> right. bulldozers. <laughs> right. uh, you know, like they do at Hendrick now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're just, so, you're just so, using the holes to get into the car. So, man, I'm going to tell you what. You know, when my brother Rusty, you know, paid me 30 grand a year. Yeah, you and, were yeah. living high It gave me a hog. free home to live in. Yeah. It was off the charts. Yeah. Well, I just learned the expression tall cotton. Yeah, I like that. I never heard that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Well, it's really <laughs> in tall cotton. I was <laughs> in tall cotton. It was, it was, it was way soft and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do Love with it. all the money. Okay. So, I mean, those are real figures. Right. Nowadays, I would, not want to, I would not want to be a driver trying to run the Xfinity Series because it's identical to the way IndyCar is now. Mm -hmm. You know, all those guys – are my friends. I go through the garage area. I'm well respected yeah. because, as I tell everybody, remember, I have the most starts. 544 Sprint Cups or Xfinity starts. Yeah. So let's back up. 905 NASCAR races is what I've ran. Right. Wow. 340-something Cup starts. 500 and the most starts in the history at Xfinity Series. So what I'm saying is this. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Seen it. Half that field is, you know, getting sponsors and bringing it to people. Yeah. You know, you become a salesman nowadays. Exactly right. Yeah. Actually, can we talk about that, the business side of it for a second, on the salesman side? Because you are the perfect example. I'm going to I'm gonna tell a story about our drive-in, uh, and, and then let's transition that to, to a, what I believe is a common problem. So Ryan and I are... Ryan's notorious for kind of saying what he thinks on, on Twitter and being yeah, kind of speak, fun. Speaking my mind. Speaking your mind. Yeah. Right. Um, like no one knows who the f*** I am, but but <laughs> the content I produce in the sports car world is, is fairly popular for being a little bit more aggressive. Mm -hmm. um, and the most common thing we hear is that, you know, the sport needs more sponsors. The sport needs to, you know, figure out how to attract people. And then the first thing you get into when you talk to a prospective team about making some content or, or, or helping somebody out with their Twitter profile, oh, I don't want to do that. Sponsors might not like it. You 
tweeted about pooping once. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yet you still have a TV gig. Mm-hmm. You continue, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you managed to have a whole life of, as far as I know, not losing sponsors for saying something stupid. Nope. Um, and it seems like you speak your mind. So I kind of want your take of, like, this current culture of everybody being kind of scared to say something or do something. I think it's counterintuitive to actually attracting people. There is... So in, in our contracts, in our modern-day contracts, right. there's a fancy word they use called moral turpitude. Right. <laughs> it means if you disparage them uh, or you disparage yourself in an unbelievable way, yeah. then they can fire then you. Then get rid of you. Yeah. Moral, hashtag moral turpitude. <laughs> yeah, moral turpitude. <laughs> right. that, is, that is a word that I learned early in my life, <laughs> and Rusty taught it to me. See that? That is basically the way out of anybody's contract. Yeah. Now, mind you, I've spent my whole life around Roger Penske, right? Because right. of Rusty. Right. Roger has been wonderful to our family. My father died. Roger was there. Uh, flew to St. Louis. So, and I tell Roger this. So, I'm going to answer your question. The IndyCar deal, for some reason, they're a little more uptight. Right. You know, they're very wealthy people. They are around, you know, wine. Uh, they are in a much higher level. They are, you know, it, it's okay for Roger Penske and Felix Sabatis to go on their yacht and they'll sing karaoke in private. Yeah. And they'll have a great time. Yeah. But on the other hand, they have a, a high level that they have to keep up to because they are very successful. They don't want to make any mistakes. Right, yeah. And that kind of bleeds down through the IndyCar people. Right. The IndyCar people are wonderful people, but they're afraid to make any mistakes. Right. They, you know, oh, you, oh my gosh, you said the word poop? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but the word poop is the most funniest. Yeah, exactly. Everybody does it. Everyone loves farts. Everyone you know? poops. It, it's yeah. like this. Oh, your what your <laughs> don't stink. <laughs> Everybody's poop stinks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a Howard Stern fan. Big time. Yeah. Me too. I love That's Howard Stern. Yeah, I listen fine. to him. I yeah. got him on 100 or 101 right now. Yeah. And uh, I chose to take this this pattern, and I've been able to keep all my sponsors. And as I look back on it. I never knew I was doing anything wrong. Right. It, right. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't a strategy. Yeah, you're just right. having a good time. I'm like, what, poop's bad? Yeah, I didn't right. yeah. I didn't know poop was bad. Yeah, why'd they make an emoji of it? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and what's funny is I'm pooping in a porta potty <laughs> at a racetrack. <laughs> right. And it's 100 degrees outside, and I'm sweating my ass off. Yeah, I'm going to tweet this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's no different than last week. Right. So I, I think. To answer your question, is I, I'm a Saturday Night Live fan. Right. Okay. I'm not a jokester. I'm not a prankster. Sure. I don't tell jokes, and I don't do pranks. However, what I do do is I do what Saturday Night Live does. I make fun of stuff. Sure. So, yeah. for example, last week, you know, I'm racking my brain to give you examples. My, my wife, Kim, when my toilet paper roll is empty, yeah. I put new toilet paper roll on. My yeah. wife will not do it. Oh, no. She just leaves the empty toilet paper roll and stacks the new one on top of the empty toilet. <laughs> so oh, I, I can't tweet make it. fun of that. I tweet it. <laughs> I can't make fun of that at all. You, if I find 
now, now I do have a strategy because I've learned. Sure. If if I'm an IndyCar driver, and and I was afraid yeah. that I would be in trouble, I would take the Kenny Wallace way. Make fun of things that are everyday life. Yeah, sure. Everyday life. That's true. Kinda and you do. can't go wrong. Right. Because it's everybody real. can relate it's to real. it. It's real. It's real. Oh, my God. I yeah. tweeted that thing. You know, my wife won't replace the toilet paper. And it, it lit it lit my Twitter up. <laughs> oh, my God. My wife does that, too. <laughs> right, right. She, you know. Um, yeah, well, it makes you very yeah. relatable. I mean, 99% of the racetracks we go to. Right. I mean, it could be mid-Ohio. It could be Elkhart Lake. Uh, it's made up of porta-potties. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's July and August. Yeah, yeah. The last it's thing you want to do is go into a damn porta potty. Yeah, dude. no, you like dread it. You're like, watch uh, somebody come out of a porta potty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just watch them come out. They're sweating, <laughs> sweat straining down. Fans, next time you're at a racetrack in the midsummer, so I find the porta potty. So, so I think, <laughs> the show. you know, what I just explained to you is, yeah. you know, you know, I do a radio show every Monday and Tuesday night on Sirius XM Channel 90 called The Late Shift. I say ass, I say piss. <laughs> um, you know, F is off, off limits. Yeah. You know. You can say it on this show. Yeah. Shit words, off, you know, yeah. shit's off limits. Yeah. Right. However, I do say ass and piss. I love the Lord. I pray to God. Uh, and when people call me up, and you know, early when we first, I'm, I'm a year into my radio gig, and I said, listen, here's the deal. If you don't like the way I talk. Turn the channel. Don't listen. Because yeah, I don't need this job. It's not right. really a job. Right. It pays minuscule you money. You like doing it. You like doing it. I like doing it. Yeah. Be, you know, and, and when I was hired to do the deal, I said, look, I'll do this, but I got to be me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And and I made my deal up front with Daniel Norwood. And, and, and me and Daniel, he's awesome. I said, Daniel, if I do this radio deal, I said, you know me. I said, Howard Stern is channel 100. Yeah. We're channel 90. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Missouri. We cuss. <laughs> so, you know, don't be throwing no Jesus on me because I love the Lord. I do. <laughs> don't be throwing no Jesus <laughs> on don't me, Daniel Norwood. Don't, don't be starting this. So, and the other thing is don't threaten me. Yeah. Let me be me. Don't threaten me because you don't need to quit me because this really ain't a job. Right. Although I do, I get paid for it. Yeah, but right. that's not why you're doing it. But, yeah, don't don't think you're paying me enough money to do this. Yeah. Right. It's a minuscule money. If it's money. not right. fun, you're not going to keep doing right. it. Right. And I said the yeah. other thing is, is don't threaten me. But I'm also going to have to run my dirt car. So I think with the IndyCar guys is, you know, like my sponsors, okay, I say ass, I say piss, I say the truth, but the president of Toyota, Bob Carter, yeah, calls me up, texts me, yeah, because I'll say his name. My sponsors know me that they know how much I love racing. Right. I mean, th this is real America. I'm not, right. I'm not no Donald Trump. Right. But – I love my wife. Yeah. I love my children. Yeah. So I say ass and piss. So what? Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you don't no, cuss. You're, you're, yeah. you, we're with you. We're I mean, on your right. side here, Kenny. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, Kenny, I, I know and I know that. Kenny, stop yelling at Sean. You get sensitive about <laughs> I it. Get, I start single tear. <laughs> no. I, I, and, what I, and I know that. I, uh, I, I, love your, I love your question. Right. And, and I've, always, I've always respected, I've always enjoyed the IndyCar guys. But they always have that, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to sell wine. I'm right. going to create a vineyard. Right. I mean, for some reason, it's well, they, like. They literally, uh, the stock car crowd generally refers to the road racing crowd as the exactly. wine and cheese bunch. Yeah. Well, it's because they're afraid to make mistakes. Well, yeah, I like wine. I love wine. I love, I love wine. me some cheese. 
I get it on my burger. Love it. Well, well, that, that's always been our, our kind of thing is that, uh, look, you're going to have a guy, if you're naturally conservative and quiet, well, that's you. You be you. But yeah. we, we know a lot of guys who maybe could be a little bit more fun oh, yeah. or just true to who they are, and they're not. And I feel like that's actually yeah. right. not, it's not helping yeah. the sport at all when right. we're acting like this in and, and yeah. car and sports car, which I, is struggling. I think so what much. helped me yeah. is I was off-centered from the time I was born. Right. So <laughs> you, you kind of knew what tell. you were getting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, have you ever uh, – uh, and, and you can be honest uh, – have you ever gotten halfway into a tweet and got no, no, yeah, don't what do is that. it? What is it? What, 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 you, what do you censor Wallace yourself on? Don't it? tweet, tweet. Because that that <laughs> has to happen a lot. Um, it happens a lot. Okay. Roger Pinsky told Rusty something, and Rusty told me, and it's 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 you know my, I learn a lot from my brother Rusty. Yeah. Right. So like me repeating this story. Okay. In my brain right now, I'm calculating. Should I tell this story? Yes. Yes, it's clear. In my brain, it's clear to say. Yeah. Roger and Rusty would get in arguments. Yeah. Sure. Knockdown dog out arguments. Yeah. And Roger taught Rusty this, and Rusty said this. Roger says, when you repeat something, you got to ha- say to yourself, what do you have to gain? Yeah. So I say, if I tweet this, what do I have to gain? Yeah. Right. So there will be times I get ready to push tweet and go, nope. Nope. Yeah, not Delete. Gonna not going right. to Right. Yeah. Not, not not gonna work. It, it will either come across as I'm whining. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, people don't like whining. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, I'll admit it. I I don't want anybody to look through my timeline from the day one it started. Oh, right. Yeah. I hear you. Well, that, I would be like, embarrassed to look would, through my timeline. Twenty-two year old Kenny Wallace with Twitter have maybe gotten in the way of his career. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Be, because because uh, like my wife knows, you know. I, I I love my wife. I like her big titties. <laughs> she knows it. I tell it. I say it. I like Please. big. I like, Thank you. High I, five. I, I like. Okay. Listen. I like Danica Patrick. She's sure. a good-looking girl. Sure. People start that. That I'm like. I'm like. What's wrong with you, man? You don't like girls. Right. 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 You know. I mean. I, I got a lot. I I got a lot of lesbian friends. Gay sure. people. Sure. I love everybody. If yeah. you're nice to me, I'm nice That's to you. 100% That's 100. Yeah. Right you there. know what I mean? Yeah. But it's you know. In the choir. I tweet that stuff right now. Right. You know, uh, right now, I still think it's 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 fair game. Right. <laughs> you know, because, you know, but, but you know, it, it's a deal where my wife, she loves me. I love her. I'm not cheating on her. Right. So everything's fair game. If I want to talk about titties, right. it's okay with my wife and everybody knows and good. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and actually, when yeah. when I'm doing the radio show, I say, come here, baby, live on the radio show. Yeah. I'll well, put the headset on her. Yeah. But you're playing the game knowing the rules. Yeah. And maybe at 22, you wouldn't know that. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. My so. daughters, uh, for Christmas about two, three years ago, gave me a book. It was incredible. It was all my tweets. Oh, I remember oh, you posting awesome. about that. I remember you yeah. posting about that. I, yeah. I started looking back through, and You're I put like, it down. No, 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 burn this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Burn this. Oh, my God. I, I, uh, I tweeted something right now that I regret. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I said, uh. Make it happen. I said, uh. I said, uh. Ricky Stenhouse will get a ride because he's talented, and Brian Scott will get a ride because he'll pay for it. Yeah. And oh my God, that bad. They, 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 uh, they lit me up for two days. When and you I, say they, you I mean I pretended like the Twitter didn't work. Like I got <laughs> yeah, my phone died. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, eh, 
that was a little personal. But wait, but wait, wait, true, wait, right? Well, but who's they? Is my well, yeah? Is, is, is this the Scott fans? Because how many Brian Scott fans are there well, compared to like Kenny Wallace? I fans? like Brian Scott a lot. Okay, and I called him and I apologized to him, but what I said was so true. So in other words, if you said Kenny Wallace is where he's at because because his brother, I'd say, yep, that's hundred percent true. But you're self <laughs> you're self aware. You're self aware. Right. There's a book that came out on me. It was very therapeutic called Inside Herman's World. Is it available? It's like our fourth book that we've gotten people like talk about on the season this year. Last year, no one so was So it's on. called Inside Herman's World? Inside Herman's on World. On Amazon? Uh, Coastal181.com. Yep. Go to okay. Coastal181.com. Inside Herman's World. Okay. Well, the book's been around for about – it's about a five-year-old book now. Perfect. Perfect. But Stremmy read the book. Okay. Called me up right away. He goes, oh, my God. He said, I, I really didn't know. So what happens – it's like when you don't know a person and then you find out more about them. Yeah. You know, like, like if you don't know, you know. So Strummy read the book and he, he loves me more. Yeah, that's cool. Because, we, we, you know, you don't know. Yeah, now he knows your story a little now bit. Now he knows my story. And, I, and I'll expand more on that. Yeah. So I was an asphalt racer. Yeah. You know, I mean, the road course racing I would do was Suzuka Circuit, Japan, and <laughs> right. Motegi, and yeah. with you. I'm not a road racer, but – I experienced road racing, yeah. and I wanted to run dirt. Yeah. And I looked at Kenny Schrader, and I said, teach me how to run dirt. This went on for over a year or two, and Schrader finally said to me one day in his airplane at the time, he said, <laughs> Herman, why do you want to learn how to run dirt? And I looked at him square in the eye, and I said, because A.J. Foyt and Mary Andretti ran dirt. Yeah. And I don't want to become – I don't want to end my racing career – Never running dirt. Yeah. yeah. All the great legendary racers were, were, were called this. Racers. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Totally. Racers. 100%. What's, I mean, you know, they'd run the Indy 500. Yeah. They'd go down and run Terre Haute. Right. I mean, you know, they were racers. Yeah. Right. Well, I want to go back to that Brian Scott thing real quick. Um, because what is funny to me from coming from No Money, like your, yourself, Sean as well, um, I, and I guess that's my lack of understanding, but like there's a there's this thing that happens with kids that pay to race where they don't want to be seen as the kid that pays to race. Um, they want to be seen as the pro. Whereas I think you and I would have been just fine having a resort that our family owned, sponsoring our way up and getting <laughs> to drive the best of everything yes. until that point. Right. And there are people that make the switch. Like a lot of these kids right. that race indie cars started out with a lot yep. of money behind them. And now they're paid race car drivers. At the end of the day, if you're a winning driver, you're going to be you're a winning be driver. Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Let me start out like this. I always defend Dale Earnhardt Jr. like this. He can't help. He's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. What's he going to do? Right. Get put back in the womb? Yeah. Well, let's look at it like this. He's Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he got the opportunities that his dad provided for him because of who he was. He didn't start out as a dirt poor kid that the, had no opportunity. Yeah, this is a great subject and near and dear to my heart. And I'll tell you what I learned. I'll tell you some stories, and then I'll tell you the end. The story is this. Uh, my career was like 100% going great. And then at the very end of my career, Alex Bowman's dad come up with some money and went to Robbie Benton yeah. and said, hey, and I, I was, you know, everything went good in 2011. 2012, stuff started going down, and I was sour right away. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this little son of a bitch yeah. bought my ride. I made this team famous. Yeah. You know, Robbie and Boris said, 
won the race up there at uh, Circuit Jacques Villeneuve, whatever it's called. Montreal. Montreal, Montreal yeah, yeah, won yeah. the race. But at that point, Robbie didn't have anything. Yeah. I brought Robbie $1.1 million worth of sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Federated Auto Parts, UNOH, yeah. American Ethanol. It was all together, 1.1. Yeah. Nowhere near enough. Right. I was, I'm making good TV money, and I said, don't ever pay me. He said, no, I want to pay you. Right. I said, okay, give me. It was a large portion of the point fund money. Okay. At, he, he came to me three quarters of the way through the year and said, we had to borrow a lot of money to finish the year. Right. We can't pay you. I said, okay. So in 2011, I brought $1.1 million, never received any money. Yeah. And I was happy as hell. And you're just happy to be there. And I was had like 11 top fives. Yeah, you had good races. That was like right after we had kind of met. So yeah. I was like, yeah, Herm's got it. And, and yeah. I was showing up, man. Yeah, you are doing a great job. Top threes. And, yeah. And, and I was like Rocky. I was like 46 years old and, yeah. you know, doing it. Yeah. In 2000, the winter of 2011, I said, what well, we can do for a sponsorship next year? Well, the money never came. We went to Daytona with a cup car and an Xfinity car. That's right. Yeah. Cup car. We were the first person for the uh, the electronic ignition to go bad okay. in the twin 125. Yeah. And then we wrecked out in the Xfinity race. That Saturday, I'm walking back to my motorhome, and my phone rings, and it's Robbie Benton. He said, can you come back to the hauler? And I just got done wrecking out. Yeah. I go back, and he goes, we're out of money. I said, Robbie, I asked you back in the wintertime. You said we were fine. Yeah. So the bottom line is, is Alex Bowman's father and them. Somehow, they solicited everything. Yeah. And it hurt me so bad because I thought that we were all fine. Yeah. And so I didn't know Alex Bowman. I didn't know his dad, but I was bitter. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, I said some things for that about that two weeks. I, you know, I didn't say any bad things, but I was very bitter. Yeah, bad place. So if somebody yeah. wanted to interview me right now and ask me about that, I'm like, hey, I was bitter. Some bitch. You know, he didn't do anything wrong, yeah. but I, but I didn't know my I didn't know my my ride. I did not know on the down low yeah. my ride was up for sale. You're right, right. So I became a man. Now here's where the story starts. I was on radio with Dave Moody, and I was being a smartass. And I basically <laughs> said, I basically said, well, my my ride has been is being bought from me by Alex Bowman and stuff. So my dear close friend Brandon Gong calls me up, yeah. Herman. What are you talking like that for? You know, you know, you know that's my deal. I got money for my dad, and he he really put me in my place and taught me a valuable lesson. I had sour grapes. I was hurt. Yeah. Because I had put all this effort in. Sure. You know, I had put all this effort in to get this money and and race. And, and let me say this: this whole time, me and my wife had money. I have money. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you're good. But what I but what I did is I kept thinking when the in my brain if the car doesn't have money then I'm broke. Right. I was living my whole life through the car. Yeah. But if you looked over here in my checkbooks like, and oh, my savings, shit, I'm, I'm okay. I can retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was so focused on my racing career. Yeah. And I was so distraught. I was judging my whole self worth through how that race car finished. Yeah. And now that I'm 53 years old, I look back and I go, how foolish was I? Right. But Ann Schrader taught me, Kenny Schrader's wife. She says, men tend to judge their self-worth through their jobs. 
so I no. started I started apologizing. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Yeah, so, I'm out. So I started so I started calling up Brendan gone. Yeah. And I think I apologized to him two or three times, like every six months after that. Yeah. And he he kept going, Herm, Herm, we're all good, man. Yeah. yeah we're he's all the good. Best. Yeah. So now I'm gonna put this to bed. I've been through everything you just said. Yeah. And now when pe- and I'm gonna give some examples. Now when people go, Kenny, Kenny, I want your opinion. Does Danica Patrick, she don't deserve to be there. I was like, whoa. I don't care if you think Danica Patrick deserves a ride or not. Here's the deal. She brings the sponsorship. Yeah, she's got one. She's yeah. hiring the 30 guys, and the 30 guys yeah. are married with children. I have a great story for this. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Here's the other deal. Brian Scott, his dad's loaded. Yeah. His father loves him. Yeah. It's his child. Right. Okay? I learned this process. Okay, I can't help it, you know. But when people buy rides, here's and here's the end of the story. If you are Brendan gone and your dad's got money, I love you. I want to be around you. Let's drink beer together. Let's yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. If you're Brian Scott, I love you to death. Your dad's got money. I like Brian Scott. Yeah. I like him a lot. I got to learn him a lot. He's awesome. He's one of us. Okay. But. If your dad's got money and you're a prick, yeah. then I don't like you. Glad you finished it with that. There we are. The yeah. end. I, I, uh, <laughs> Be I, thankful for your dad having money. So basically what we're doing is we're going back through a little bit of therapy yeah. that I had to go through. Right. If you go way back, I was devastated that I was not Jeff Gordon. Right. But then I, you know what somebody taught me? You and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was on an island by myself. Sure. Me and, me and Jeff Gordon came in. Exact same year. Yeah. And he kicked me and Bobby Devani's ass, and he went on. I didn't know at the time he was going to be one of the, the greatest. greatest drivers of all time. Yeah. I was so jealous. I wanted to be him. Yeah. Somebody come along with money, and I, too, was like that. Oh, he's, he's winning races because his dad's got money. Right. It took years of maturity because when you're young, I don't give a shit about anything except me. Yeah. I want to be the greatest. I am the greatest. And, you know, to be any more mature, you have to be born special. Sure. I would say I truly believe that, that, you know, I'm, I truly believe that I'm like everybody else. Right. I think if you're 22 and you think smart, you're rare. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had to grow up and learn that if a kid was born and his father had a lot of money, why would you be mad at the kid? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. he can't help he's born. Sure. So I had learned this, you know, also how to answer people like, you know, everybody gets mad at Danica Patrick, you know. I'm telling you, I raced her up there at uh, Montreal, Canada. Yeah. Of course, I had a piece of car, but I couldn't get rid of her. She yeah. was all over my ass. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I pitted next to her. She's good to me. She goes to the dirt tracks. That's cool. Yeah. And I like her. She cusses. Uh, <laughs> it's very important for me that people cuss. I, get I, 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 I don't get like it. it when people don't cuss. Yeah. They scare me. <laughs> and, 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 and that's, I mean. Do you want to join us on this trip? Yeah. I see some quotes out there, but I'm going to tell you what. You know, I mean, I love the Lord, right? And I'm a Lutheran. But if you're going to play this whole religious card on me that you don't cuss, what you, next you're going to say you don't make love to your wife. You know what I mean? So back it down. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Settle it. I would say that 
Ken Schrader is your is your go-to guy. He's your best friend. Yeah, you've mentioned him like a half dozen times. And, and so you, far. you do all the time. You guys 100%. Are, anytime yeah. you can, you guys are in interviews together. It's hilarious. It's fun to watch you guys. Yep. If he's your he's your go-to guy, right. who's your absolute opposite? And I'm not saying you have to hate, Rusty. The, hate the guy. My brother. Oh, really? I hate him and love him. <laughs> you know why? Because, because, first of all, my brother Rusty is my existence. Yeah, he right. defines me. Right. He, you know, you know there's that old saying, you don't define me. Yeah, you know does. what? My brother defines me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I can tell you all these. I mean, he's taught me so many things, you know, better safe than sorry. Yeah. yeah. That came when Bobby Allison got T-boned at the trial at Pocono. Okay. Yeah. And had no money. Yeah. And everybody was bailing Bobby out. So Rusty said, better safe than sorry. Put your money away. Look yeah. what happened to Bobby. Right, right. Um, Rusty and I understand idiosyncrasies of people. Mm-hmm. So if so if, if we see people, you know, Rusty, let me tell you something about that guy, Herm. You know, or one thing Rusty told me was this. Don't ever bitch to your car owner. Car owners don't like to hear you bitching. Yeah. Make sure you and your crew chief settle this. Yeah. Uh, and if you do bitch to your car owner, make sure you're ready to – to back it up yeah. and feel strong that you're going to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there are so many things that, that Rusty taught me. That's great advice. But on the opposite, on the opposite, he is so brutally honest with me that there's times <laughs> I just wanted to tackle him, yeah. start punching him. And that hadn't happened? Oh, he's so – oh, no, because I can't beat him up. He's bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I love my brother Rusty more than – I mean, he. you know, he's right there with my wife. Yeah. Because my brother Rusty made a life he for helped, me and my he wife. He you carry on, yeah. I mean, he, he got us. Thank you. He, he, he got us to where I'm at. Yeah. But the problem I have with Rusty is he won't filter anything to me. Can't even just sugarcoat it a little. Just can't sugarcoat it at all. Yeah. Uh, now, is that because you're blood, or is he like that with everybody? No, he's, he's – and I know this is going to sound corny. Sure. He loves me a lot. Copy. And I know he loves me a lot. Right. But he can't say love. Sure. He's real hardcore. He's like, I tell him, I say, my brother's like a rock, a right. boulder. Yeah. But he loves me so much, and he's my big brother. He'll look me right in the face and just talk the worst <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm How like. About you? I'm like, oh. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm like, right here. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, you know. We won nine Xfinity races, and I'm yeah. really proud of that. Sure. It's very hard to win one. Yeah. Absolutely. So I won a, a really good Xfinity race uh, at Richmond. Earnhardt, Mark Martin behind me. I had a really good car. We won. 1994, number eight TIC car. Race gets over, but, the, but here's the deal. Earlier that day, I had missed the cup race. Yeah. Did not qualify. Right. I was devastated. And um, – Rusty goes up, just looks me right in the face. After I win the race in Victor Lane on national TV, he goes, really glad you won that race. He says, because, uh, you know, since you missed the cup race, if you wouldn't won this race, you know, it would, you know that would have been no good because you just show you can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Say that. Say, says that shit to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but he's, he's the opposite of Schrader. Now, Schrader, Schrader will – Push the knife into my skin, but he won't puncture. Okay. Okay. You know, he yeah. he, he gives me just enough. He gives me really good advice. Okay. One time, 
I didn't even know I was doing it. I was doing a, uh, I was at a dirt track. I was in Jefferson, uh, South Dakota, and I was doing a Q&A. Not even a Q&A, but doing a little talk. Yeah. And, and I don't know why I do. I don't know why I did it at the time. I was young, I guess. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you see these rednecks coming up with no teeth in their mouth? <laughs> that night, we started drinking beer, and Schrader goes, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. And I knew it was bad. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He goes, today. He says, tell me what you said. He says, what you said was absolutely horrible. She said, he said, you said those rednecks with no teeth in their mouth. And a, there was a lady that had no teeth, and she, she took her hand, and she got very sad and, and covered, covered her, her mouth. mouth. Oh, I no. felt horrible. Yeah. I felt horrible. Yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what I did. Yeah, right. But Schrader taught me an, a valuable lesson. You know, I, was, I thought I was having fun, and I was. Right. Yeah, thought right. it was funny. It's all good jokes. But he just and has that awareness. He, he has that awareness. Yeah. And, and Kenny Schrader has more friends than anybody on earth. Right. I tease that if you go to Italy <laughs> and you go to the Vatican, the Pope goes, hey, Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the thing we do on the show is a pass-along question. Yep. So last night we had dinner with Dan Binks, who knew that you knew Mike Mittler pretty well. Right. And Dan's done – he's won Lamar, He's won the Daytona 24-hour. He was uh, Greg Biffle's crew chief when he won with Roush in uh, Sprint Cup back yep. in 01 or 2000 or whatever. 2000. Um, very well-known guy in the sports car world, and uh, he said the thing he wanted to know about you is if you weren't a race car driver, what would your job have been? Where would your life have gone? I've always been consistent. I've answered this the same way ever since I've been a kid. I would have been on AM radio talking <laughs> about current affairs. Yeah, okay. I can see it. Okay. Not, not so yeah. much politics, okay. but pick up the newspaper, read it, and then talk about it. Okay. Right. So, But you say AM radio. So would you have been like the the, the brash, here's my editorial opinion no. guy, or would you be like the soft-spoken and then well, this happened? Well, I've changed. Okay. Maybe early I would have been brash. Okay. But now I don't believe in arguing. Yeah. If, if somebody says something I don't agree with, I've trained myself here lately to go, okay, you know, n yeah. not, not right. be mad about it, but okay. So, all right. I, I've always yeah. said that. Just because somebody likes chocolate, and if I don't like it, just keep your mouth shut. That's fine. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't say nothing. It took me a while to learn that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, you're eating chocolate. Yeah. What's you're wrong dumb. With you? yeah. You're dumb. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't. I try not to judge people. So. You don't hang out with many vegans, I take it. <laughs> I, I just I, I'm the guy that likes Johnny Depp and yeah. off-centered people. Yeah. I, I, I just go. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Lady Gaga. I'm like, this is incredible. It is not important for me to have people a certain way. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not important to me all. So, uh, so yeah, I think, I, uh, you know, I would do AM, current affairs. Okay. You know, and the reason I say AM is because I grew up on X Radio okay. uh, in St. Louis. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We might have lunch tomorrow with Kevin Rocket Blanche, who is a longtime IndyCar mechanic, and he works with the IndyCar tech team now, like doing, you know, tech inspection and stuff like that. If you had any pass-along question for Kevin Rocket Blanche, yep. what would it be? Doesn't have to be racing-related. Do the competitors realize that when you're teching these cars, you're just doing your job? That's actually a very good question. All right, I know you've answered this question a thousand times over, but for our audience who may not be as uh, kind of stock car-centric, Herman. Herman, yeah. Where'd it come from? So I was born in 1963 in the city of St. Louis. Uh, moved to Rolla, Missouri, mom and dad say, when we were, I was three months old. 
And um, one of my dad's racing friends, his name was uh, Bob Miller. He was a big German man, you know, maybe 6'2". Nice. Crew cut. He was good to me. And he called me old Herman the German because, you know, I, I really <laughs> was diagnosed hyperactive and put on Ritalin. And, really? Uh, that existed then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, actually, okay. actually, my mom gave it to me, and I got real quiet. And <laughs> she's the one that threw the Ritalin away, you know, because they sent me. And I was always in trouble in school. Yeah, Not yeah. for being bad, just, just shut be, up. Yeah, 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 right. Squeak in my chair, give yeah. me attention. <laughs> so Bob Miller nicknamed me old Herman the German. And uh, <laughs> because in Germany or in some of the cartoons around here, Herman the German was this, he was like a medieval warrior, but he was a, a mischievous cartoon character. Okay. So uh, he just, Bob Miller remembered Herman the German, yeah. so it became Herman. Then when I went to North Carolina, it became the Hermanator, and I like that. Yeah, Hermanator. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Herm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, Herman. Good old Herm. So in your career, you've gotten to witness a lot of things, and, and the funniest thing to me is that how nobody outside of the – the racing paddock, but everybody inside knows the old story about, well, you know, how Johnny O'Connell tried to run over Dario Franchitti and kill him. Well, everybody, everybody knows yeah. that story. I, I heard about Johnny running over yeah, Dario. Yeah. I mean, that's old. That's old That's old stuff. news, yeah. Um, tell me the Kenny Wallace story that none of us really know about outside of the world of, of racing. You know, like, like I wouldn't know it because I'm a sports car guy. Like, is there a beach to car in the Daytona rental car on the beach, or is there a – I'll tell you a story that was crazy. Is uh, <laughs> Sterling Marlin down out? Of, you know he's out of Franklin, Tennessee, down there. Yeah, somewhere down there around Nashville. He got a hold of some quarter stick of dynamite. <laughs> now, I like where this is going. When, when I say quarter stick of dynamite, I mean like I an mean actual real. Yeah, like yeah, quarter yeah. stick of dynamite. Yeah, not an M80, <laughs> like a real quarter stick yeah. of dynamite. Yeah. So somehow, my brother Rusty Wallace's boy Stephen Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Got a hold of these, a couple of them. <laughs> so, it still we, has all his fingers. Still yeah. has all his fingers. Yeah. We get up to Dover, and uh, we got this rent a van. You know, everybody has a rent a car. Well, this yeah, is a yeah. rent a van, team yeah. van, six. You know, however many ten guys fit in it. Right. It's like, come on, everybody. You know, the car's been through tech. Let's go back to the hotel, and uh, we all get in this van, <laughs> and. We didn't really realize that Stephen lit one of these quarter stick of dynamites, <laughs> threw it under the van. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. I, I think we sat there, and we were shell-shocked. And this is my hand on a Bible. We couldn't pull off. You know why? Because when the quarter stick of dynamite went off, it literally blew both the rear tires out. <laughs> and, and here's the worst part. He still had another stick left. Right. A week or two later, Rusty, my brother Rusty Wallace, his wife Patty, have this have this uh, this barn, like a horse barn. Yeah. And in the lower level, there was uh, the horses, and up top was an apartment. Stephen is lighting this last <laughs> stick, and he's just going to blow it up. Right. His mother comes through the gate. She hits the numbers. She's coming through the gate. Stephen looks over, sees his mom coming through the gate, and goes, "Oh my God!" Throws the M80 in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it do, it does not put it out. It blew the toilet, and you know how you know how the plumbing is in the sheetrock. Right. It right. blew everything out of a wall. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my brother Rusty Wallace calls me up. 
Herman, where are you at? <laughs> I'm over here at the house, bro. Why? Uh, Steven needs to stay with you a couple days. Uh, what happened? <laughs> he tells me what happens. Rusty kind of thinks it's funny, but Rusty's wife, Patty, is getting ready to kill Steven. Right, he's in trouble. He's got to <laughs> so, go. So always remember this. I've learned that maybe a firecracker, maybe, you know, a bottle rocket may, might go out, but when you get to those big ones, the wicks are really big. If they're green, they're waterproof. They will not go yeah, out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yep. That's, that's life lessons. And you right just there. taught me something. Green means waterproof. The green, the green firecracker stems are waterproof. Oh, we boy. We that at a young age. Yeah. yeah. Still got all my fingers. So you get to see a lot of talent because you're on the dirt tracks. And then obviously you were in, in, in NASCAR for a really long time. Who's the guy that maybe never got the big break he should have mm -hmm. that we might not have ever heard of that's out there? Like, who's the guy that? It's a great question because Dale Earnhardt talked to me about that. Earnhardt. When he was alive, picked me up at my double wide mobile home. Went from so single to double. Up, moving yeah. on up. Yeah. Yeah. Earnhardt, mo motorhomes were getting to be a big deal. He goes, Herman, what are you doing? So I'm getting ready to go down to Darlington. He goes, I'm going to come pick you up. You ride with me. We'll get you a ride on a All right. Earnhardt pulls up. I get into double, I get into the motorhome with him. We drive on down. We have a great conversation about how important crew chief is. But one thing Earnhardt said to me that I, I tell everybody. He said, Herman, there are thousands of great race car drivers all over the United States. So uh, there's a guy right now nobody knows about. His name's Mike Harrison. Okay. He's a, a five-time uh, UMP national champion. Uh, he's incredibly talented. Cheats his right rear quarter panel on the wall, but keeps momentum going, has great car control. Uh, you know, when I, when I look at talent... Um, I do agree that if you stay in a series too long and you try to change series, then it, it stunts your growth. Okay. You know, uh, watch, I believe it was Nigel Mansell go from Formula One, went to IndyCar, you know, took him a little bit. Yeah. And me and Earnhardt, Dale Sr., we talked about that. He said, oh, Nigel Mansell was finally getting the hang of it. You know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, do it all right away. Yeah. But you just gave him a little bit of time. Yeah. To me, that's talent. Sure. That's incredible. Uh, you know, you look at somebody like Juan Pablo Montoya, incredibly good. But I felt like Juan came to NASCAR too late in the age. Okay. Uh, I think that's incredibly hard to do. I know for a fact just about everybody that I race in NASCAR, they probably couldn't outrun you in Continental Tire Series. Sure. They couldn't. You know, you got to know all the idiosyncrasies, right. all the quirks. And vice versa the other way. I'm not going to show up and be no way. the me of my series in that class. Right. Yeah. So – you know, right now in what I'm doing, there's a guy named Mike Harrison out of Highland, Illinois. He's yeah. a farmer. How uh, old is he? Mike's now about 40, 41. Okay. There's too much talent coming up now, Ryan, that's young. They're lined up around the block. Yeah. So, so to say, who's the next young talent? I, I mean, no lie. You could add, rattle 20 of them off yeah, right, right now. Yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? But here's the guy that's in his 40s. He's a farmer. Here's a guy that's 41. He's been great for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and what I like about him is, you know, it's harvest time. All the farmers are in the field getting the corn, the soybean we've out. Been, we've yeah, been driving around this, for the yeah. last few weeks yeah. in the Midwest, and we've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, even and at night. This is where they make yeah. their money. Yeah, I right. mean, you know, they, 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 they risk their money on when they plant seed. Yeah. You know, they hope they don't get flooded. You know, then when the corn stalks start coming up, you know, they don't want windstorms and hail to kill, you know, there's a lot of stress to be yeah, a farmer. Absolutely. 
but Mike, uh, you know, he drives their, you know, he's got to have a class A. And so every time he shows up at the racetrack, you know, he's coming to race a big race. Yeah. 10,000 to win right. all the time for us. He won it. And he's got that little earpiece like a trucker. Okay. Because it's illegal to pick up a phone while you're driving, you know, farm equipment. Yeah, right, right. Class A. And <laughs> sure. So the guy really mixes and matches his work with racing. Uh-huh. I, r- I really admire him for that, yeah. you know. Kind of in the similar theme of that, who of the current crop of NASCAR drivers, whether it's trucks, Xfinity, or even Sprint Cup, who's the next Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon that you see out of the group? Boy, I tell you. There's uh, a lot to pick from, too. I, I really mean this. I really I, – I really think it's Chase Elliott. Yeah, yeah. I really think it's Chase Elliott, and I'll tell you why. I've, you know, I, I know it's coincidental that his dad's legendary. Yeah. But but I really think when you're born, uh, you know, like me, I was born and my dad raced. I mean, I live, eat, and breathe race. I know a lot about it. When you're Chase Elliott, you're born, and your dad takes you to every racetrack. It's no different than Kevin Harvick taking his son Keelan. Yeah, yeah. You start absorbing everything. That's how I was kind of raised at the track, too, with my dad. You know, yeah. I mean, so if if uh, Chase Elliott, let's say, for example, Chase Elliott's very first time to Darlington, he won. Yeah. Well, I know it sounds odd, but the kid grew up watching every lap at that track. Yeah. Maybe on the pit box, watching the TV. You burn, you burn it into your brain that, oh, 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 dad would go down low here and then go up by the wall here. and Oh, the whole time we're watching this race – Dad's right on the wall. So you go from zero age to 16 knowing that. Knowing all of it. Yeah. So I really feel that if you're if you're born at the racetrack and you go to every race, yeah. I think you have a really good chance. What's next for Kenny Wallace? You got dirt racing this weekend? Leave at 8.30 in the morning. I'm going to drive. The, I got my Class A CDL, which I made a big deal out of. Yeah. Going to drive the hauler down to uh, Charlotte tomorrow. Okay. We're going to race uh, at the Charlotte dirt track on Friday and Saturday. Okay. Sunday morning, I'm lucky. I go two miles away to the Concord Regional Airport. Yeah, yeah. Get on the Joe Gibbs plane. I'm bumming a ride from then there to go. go to my job on Sunday. Yeah. You know, and do Fox Sports. Is that Dega? Yep, Teledega. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's what's headed right now. So basically, from this podcast, and in about, you know, 18, 20 hours, jump in the holler and Drive it 13 hours and get back to being a racer. Go racing again. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so All much right, man. for sitting yeah, down you. with us. And, thank you. Uh, yeah. Keep being you. I, I love you, man. Thanks I for am. everything. I'll never change. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. All right. Connell's got the check. Good stuff. I'm finished. Wow, that was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. Well, good, Ryan. I'm glad you feel that way because I agree. Kenny Wallace, endless, endless, endless entertainment. Well worth the drive to Arnold, Missouri to get. It uh, probably cost us about two days of the trip to get that. But, yeah, all worth it. So, You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. All right, we're going to close this episode out uh, by revisiting a, a favorite local band of mine, a group called I See Hawks in L.A., and that is the word C is in S-E-E, and L.A. is in Los Angeles. Uh, they're available on iTunes. We played a little bit of them last year, but to be blunt, to close this episode out, I am more than happy if anybody listening to this podcast buys their music on iTunes, but very specifically, I want Kenny Wallace to hear this because I want to choose a song that I thought he would listen to go, oh, my God, I love this song, and this is one I think he'll like. It's a special ditty 
called Stop Driving Like an Oh.